Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another night of Talk Radio Transformers. I am your host, Sean, and I am joined by... Am I on the... Uh, <laughs> is, 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 is this the right podcast? Yes. Did I, did I step... Sorry, I, I just tried to, to, to state it differently to see how you guys would react. No, it's fine. I also paused because I realized I didn't come up with a name. And so, therefore, it's going to be Sammy Cracker, which I think I've used before. Yep. You really need to get a, a Word doc or an Excel spreadsheet where you uh, put these all on. Go listen to every one of our past <laughs> episodes. Not just you, Sammy, but the interested viewer as well. Oh, God. Listener, you're not watching a TV show. Yeah. Well, I screwed that up. Uh, someone else talk, please. All right. uh, hey, so this is, you're also being joined by Thunder, Sammy. Is this still also just normal guy, Thomas, confused <laughs> as ever? So today we're talking about a really awesome four-parter in Transformers, which is um pretty intense. If I do say so myself, it's called Ultimate Doom. Before we begin the episode... I, I want to state, like, I watched the most stupidest villain ever when I was watching another episode of Defenders of the Earth. The main villain takes the bad guy. He's like, ha, don't take that item. And he's like, destroy him to his minions. And his minions don't destroy him. Instead, the guy just walks around, then points his hand at it and absorbs the energy. And he's like, no, what are you doing? And then says, destroy him again. And then they start chasing him and it's too late. I'm like, what, what are you doing? It's like, the guy was right there. Why did you just stand there? Is it because, you know, the animators can only animate one thing at a time? Uh, yes. The, the, the part of his plan that was stupid was he finally meets his arch nemesis, the hero, Flash Gordon. And he's like on an ice planet where it's 100 degrees below zero. And he just says, disable their ship and leave them here. He doesn't even like spend the extra time to like fly back over for 30 seconds and blow the ship up. He just says, eh, just leave him there with a damaged ship. I'm sure uh, they'll die eventually. Not ever it's... thinking that they might be able to repair the ship and get away later. Makes sense to me. Man, this guy, he is not really planning on uh, on killing his enemy, is he? No, he wants to drag it out as long as possible. Yeah, I wonder, because I just want... Similar what... kind of happened in Orbots, that episode we watched, where they got stranded on the planet and the villain just left. <laughs> Well, he accomplished what he wanted to do, right? Like, he, I forget. I, I just, think so. I'm just wondering if there are any episodes of Transformers like that where you won't see Megatron, like, taking Optimus and bolting him up to a laser and be like, well, I'll leave you here. Bye. I'm sure you'll die eventually. They usually just have fights and then something happens. Or in this episode, they fight a lot of times and then stuff happens. Can anyone even remember how often Optimus and Megatron fight this episode? They fight, isn't it? They they were just in one fight, right? One no, two long fights. fight. Mm-mm. Technically, yeah. I guess it was two fights technically. Yeah. So 
so before we begin, does anyone actually want to summarize what happened in as most succinct way as possible? Sabotage. <laughs> Cue sabotage playing in the background. <laughs> well, and brainwashing. Sabotage and brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Striving to save the world from the evil Decepticons, the heroic Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. He's more than meets the eye. He's a robot in disguise. But before we begin, real quick. You said that like five times. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, this is Transformers related. Skyfire No, we Jet... have began. <laughs> so Skyfire Jetfire was in this trilogy. So again, these three episodes were not aired in the correct order. And they would go on to be the final three episodes broadcast uh, in Japan after season three ended. After so these, that... these were just like bonus episodes. Here you go. Remember yeah. this part, this era of Transformers? It ended the season, so it would have only come out that next week after the season three ended. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Ignore that note. Wow. So Skyfire Jetfire was in this episode. So it was the final three episodes broadcast for season two. And then it would go to season three. And then Transformers, for some reason, wouldn't get the movie until after season three had already ended. So I actually downloaded the season two DVDs that yep. were finally released in Japan, and they actually had all the episodes on here for Ultimate Doom and the two previous Skyfire episodes. Were they in order? Uh, yeah, they were at the very end. They were in the Japanese order. Yes. But what I saw about this episode is they didn't really need to cut anything because all they did was cut the next time on the Transformers segment. <laughs> and then they had enough time. So I thought that was funny. And yeah. also, w when they go to advertising break, instead of we will return to the Transformers. It just says, exciting, Transformers, and then goes back to the show. What? I mean, it's not wrong. Sarcasm, not appreciated. On to so... the writer's segment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the writer's segment. So it had four different writers. Dick Robbins, we have talked about him previously in our Transport to Oblivion episode. So you can check that episode again if you want to hear about him. The second one we have is Bryce Malik. He was the story editor on 62 Transformer episodes, as well as story editor on Defenders of the Earth and Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. But he also wrote this and one other Transformers episode, along with an episode or two here for Defenders, Scooby-Doo, and Scrappy-Doo, Gummy Bears, and Speed Racer, before finding his true calling, a clinical psychologist. It's really neat that he worked on Rescue Rangers, just saying that. I think that's neat. <laughs> yeah, that was his, like, I think he was the story editor for, like, almost every episode. That's what, uh, for those three series mentioned. Yeah. That was definitely my childhood show. As was all those Disney ones that came out every year. So good, though. Up until Darkwing. All uh, right, you uh, guys, I'm leaving. Was no, I was going to say up Bye. until Darkwing Duck, and then everything after Darkwing Duck was too, uh. <laughs> I said I'm leaving, and then my speakers died again. <laughs> I stopped everything I never after watched... Darkwing Duck simply because yeah, I was going to say I, I never watched Darkwing Duck. <laughs> I never grew out of that. Like I, I watched, was always watched I watched anime. Okay, that was cartoons for adults. Oh come on, please! Back then, anime was just cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I was getting them all even, from even the nerds who went to Blockbuster and were getting renting Ninja Scroll thirty times in a row. Still called it cartoons. Okay, hey, this Japanese was a cartoons. few years before. <laughs> Uh, Ninja Scroll. This was middle school Sean finding all this anime on the satellite network he got, as well as the local video rental store before Blockbuster came and destroyed it. <laughs> all of it was just like, oh my god, this is so not cartoons. And here we have the hipster. Um, 
<laughs> I was I saw anime before it was cool, y'all. Snap snap. Her, her, her. <laughs> Puts on sunglasses like a cool kid. <laughs> God. Alright, should I keep going? Yes, please. Alright. So the third writer we had is Douglas Booth, but again we've also gone over him over in the episode Roll for It, so go to that podcast episode because we ain't repeating ourselves apparently. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we only have so much time that the... It's true. We have better things to talk has about. So much free time to listen to us repeat the same things over and over again. <laughs> so fourth and finally, we have Larry Strauss, writer of three season two episodes and part one of this one. His quote from the TF Wiki site from this is great, though. I gave writing for TV up after a few years when I told the producer of Transformers, the show about cars that turn into robots, that we had been tagged the third most violent children's television program, and the producer said he would not be satisfied until we were number one on that list. Yeah, but, but get this. Based on what I've studied of Transformers, oh the VHS tapes all had film advisory board awards on all the VHS tapes, which indicates that it was family-friendly. Family friendly and violent. It's great. It didn't say it won awards or was good well, writing or anything like that. It just meant it was for the family. Wow. It was intended to be family friendly. They didn't actually. No, it gets those awards. Yeah, I guess you submit it and it gets a little sticker and boom, kids and the parents of the kids buy it. It's just. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. On to this episode. Me, Grimlock, no like you. I have things that I did not like, and apparently I just don't like a lot of the Autobots because I did not like Sunstreaker in this episode. Why? I like I like the storybook where he's just checking out himself in the river because I thought that was funny and stupid. But in this episode, he complains like three times about stuff affecting his looks, about that, you know, that cool thing that allows him to drive on the ocean. And then... Uh, <laughs> it, it clashes uh, with my car mode. And every time it was so annoying. And it was just like, why did I never find Knockout from Transformers Prime annoying like this? Uh, because he's voiced by Darren Norris and he could say anything and we'd be fine with it. Maybe it was the <laughs> writing or how the the jokes were. But here I just, I found Sunstreaker unbearable every time he spoke. I like characters oh, like that. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, all his lines just seem to be simple throwaway. Not a whole lot of focus paid to him. I, yeah, I mean... I don't know. If he was more of a focus of the episode, ruining plans and like just distracting everybody with his nonsense, I don't know. I feel like that that would make it a problem for me, but I was it was just easy to yeah. overlook. Well, it, well, it's um, I don't like. It's not hate like Huffer who tries to drag <laughs> everyone down with him. It'll never work. We're all going to die. Just give up now. Well, I just feel apathy. That's this segment now, okay? <laughs> yeah, he's he's no clip jumper. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I do have a question about Sunstreaker, though. Is this the first episode he's been in and featured prominently? No, he was in the first episode, but I think they didn't have a voice for him yet, and he just sounded normal. He was in the first three okay, episodes, right, yeah. I remember, but I don't think he that they had developed his personality yet. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I, I mean, he looked. I, I feel like I remember seeing a yellow car, but mm -hmm. couldn't put anything to it. I definitely, yeah. He, when he was, you know, when he had his lines and he was just, you know, being so in love with his reflection and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've definitely seen an Autobot do that before <laughs> in this series. All right, do you have uh, something else you like? I love the corny 
good evil dialogue. Like, Autobots, to action! And Megatron's like, oh, Optimus, you'll get more action than you ever bargained for. <laughs> oh, no. Did that really yes. happen? <laughs> uh, my favorite line, though, is, as the humans say, fat chance, fathead. <laughs> yes! Oh, yes, Optimus said, said that, didn't he? Yep. Uh, so also, funny. my the, the second favorite line is, you waste more energy with your mouth. And Star screams like, I... No, and like fight. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he just started fighting. <laughs> oh, so like broken by that lie, Thundercracker just, yeah. just like shot just roasted him. Uh, I uh, I love that one. Starscream just can't think of a single retort, so he just gives up and attacks. Him. <laughs> like you know, he just shuts down he's like i i don't want to admit this so uh we're we're throwing fists now we're throwing hands it wasn't immediately apparent to me until like this episode but thundercracker is a really mouthy robot he mouths off to everybody yeah. all yeah. the time and he he has some good lines the way he just goes off on some people sometimes uh, I think I'm really starting to like him. Yeah, now. I think he's the <laughs> one that was about... making fun of Frenzy up in the in the first Skyfire episode too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. And then there was an episode where they were in that South American country, and at the end of the episode, he was making fun of uh, Megatron. <laughs> yes. <space>. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, he's he's completely like overshadowing. Uh, was it yeah, Skywarp? Skywarp. <laughs> one thing I thought was pretty funny. Well, well, first thing, I like the slower version of the main Transformers theme that plays when they're jumping in the water. But the hilarious thing was when Megatron is talking to the Doctor, and he says, he's ta- telling the truth, and the music's just like, dun, 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 dun. The Earth's going to be destroyed. I'm like, what? why is that music so happy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, screw the Earth anyways, I guess. <laughs> One thing I did not like was the weird knockoff Dr. Wily character they were just <laughs> acting like was a regular character in the show the whole time. Yeah. He just appeared and just was like, we're just going to go with this. Kids like bald guys with mohawks on the oh, side of their head. he's not bald. He has metal on his head to amplify his brain power. Okay, yeah, that's right. He's not bald. I'm just thinking of regular Dr. Wily. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's what his metal thing does. I just made that up. But I, I mean, I too was sitting there being like, "Did we, did we meet him before? Like, do I not no, remember?" They, uh, they just searched for evil scientists that had been shunned from humanity, and uh, got them to work for him. Makes sense. Did anyone else see the cartoon realism? I learned three things in this episode that you just slap a drill on your car, and you can create an unlimited length of tunnel. You could divert missiles by simply grabbing them and chucking them back. They won't explode in your face. (laughs) And cutting holes under ships do not cause water pressure to shoot the water all into the ship. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I love, and I love how, like, there's the bottom one, but then he punches a wall and the water comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty funny because in the shot that they show, he cut a hole in the middle of the ship, but he punches the wall, which should be also in the middle of the ship, but then there's water just on the other side of that wall. Yeah. Because reasons. How, do, how does logic, physics work? 
actually didn't like the the Optimus Prime and Megatron fight. I thought it was kind of boring and not really well animated. Are you animated. serious? The dude? one at the end where he just kicks him <laughs> off the mountain and it's like yes, dun, dun, yes. And it's just like oh come the on, fight was not no, that good. no, no. You can't. How are you just gonna tear down the one time they try to have an artistic eye and do something that's a little bit more than just lowbrow? It was a whole little segment of just like the music going and some action and no dialogue and just stuff happening and fight just fist flying. You, and that you was want cool. My opinion about it is uh -huh. real gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just like. Optimus being on top of Megatron and like it is we're just holding that position for quite a bit and I'm sitting here like are they longingly looking into each other's eyes? What can you we talk about when he's holding him slash hugging him from behind and no, no, the one where he's like... on top but oh, okay. then that's also yeah, that he, segment. when he gets back up he gets back up and then he tackles uh, Megatron and he's on top of him oh. but then I guess he get he gets kicked off and then Megatron goes to the controls. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I, I did like how it ended, though, how Megatron wins by just saying, well, you don't do anything. Cybertron and all your friends are dead. And it, like, actually put him in a really bad spot. Like, he's like, oh, what do I do? Cybertron comes here, and it's going to just, like, really F up Earth. But if I don't do something, all my friends are going to die, and then we'll have never have a planet to go back to. How? So I, I got a problem with that. How? What, what? How is that a difficult choice for Optimus? Was he not thinking at all? Because Megatron's whole plan was to bring Cybertron there, and it would just ruin Earth's atmosphere. The alternative would be to lead the status quo. I mean, not doing anything wasn't going to lead to Cybertron's destruction immediately. No, no, he said that Shockwave said that if the transporter was not ready, that it would be ripped apart and be spread across oblivion. During the middle of the, tra the transport? Yes. If it did not get made, so if it, they did not have all three activated, Cybertron would have been ripped to pieces and spread out across the cosmos. This is a all very right. well, poor I guess design. I missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> so Optimus had to make, make, a, make a huge judgment call, and then is like, I hope I've done the right thing. But, um, I mean, when the Cybertron finally came, I saw Earth's atmosphere actually get absorbed by the planet. I was like, doesn't that mean that now people on Earth will have trouble breathing? And everyone's going to get sunburns all the time. But of course, the worst thing of all that came out of that is that somewhere, a young writer saw this episode. And because of that, we now have Transformers 5 the last night. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, what would you think of Humans versus Transformers Round 4, Sticks and Rocks Edition? <laughs> when, when that was happening, I actually was thinking throughout the whole episode, thinking back on the episode, just realizing that that's actually kind of a good plan to use humans as like espionage agents because the Autobots are just dumb and they always just trust the humans completely as if they can't be evil. Like they just don't assume that, you know, they're never just wary of humans. They just welcome them with open arms. <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought, yeah, they, they really just give a lot of leeway to humans especially during the fight where well not the fight but uh when they were being attacked by humans they could have ran away or you know used their lasers or all their magic drills and stuff that come out of them to build a ditch that they couldn't get through or something <laughs> like that they just they they were so concerned about their attackers so yeah i, I really yeah i actually thought that was actually a pretty good idea to you know, yeah 
use humans against them. The last thing I want to say for this like and didn't like is I, it's the same trope you see in all these 80s, 90s cartoons. They're like, character X, it's me, character Y. Don't you remember me? And he's like, character Y, who are, ah, holds hand. What is happening <laughs> to me? <laughs> but then they, but they, they, they turned the trope on his head by having spark plug say to spike don't ever call me your father again <laughs> that was rough yes that was rough he also slaps him earlier on when he's first mind controlled yeah but then again yeah. this is the father that said sometimes son your best just isn't good enough <laughs> i feel like he's harboring some hate for his son here the, the mind was, control was... just kind of gets rid of that filter while he was mind controlled i was waiting him for i would be funny for him to say Get out of the way. Chip was a much better son than you are, and he's not even mine. <laughs> oh my god. So does anybody else have any other likes and didn't likes at the moment? Um Uh I don't like how the Decepticons were just able to just get into the Autobot base and just hang out and set up traps. <laughs> and video cameras. <laughs> and video cameras it just uh, yeah, that was kind of weird how Rumble could just get in there and just go find a random room and just start banging on okay, the ground. Okay, okay, well, let uh, you know what? We're going to skip the next segment and go right to deleted audio. Pull up the deleted audio segment and listen to the first five <laughs> seconds or so. Well, Teletran 1, next time you tie into a rock station computer, you better insulate your transistors. You fried some circuits, but don't worry. I'll soon have you fine-tuned. All right. All right. So <laughs> that bit of audio <laughs> is, uh, I guess I understand the reason why they did it. It's just kids. Who cares? But I had a, some serious bones to pick with this episode with the whole Teletran 1 incident and stuff like that. Well, it just plays to the part where, again, Rumble and Soundwave, Laserbeak, Ravish, they were just able to get inside the Autobot base. With and no now you issues. know why. It's because uh, Teletran 1 listened to the radio, and it was so loud it fried his circuits and thus his security system. <laughs> yeah, and it was, yeah, it was ruined. But they didn't address that at all. And I made a note of that. And then later in the episode, Decepticons come back, and they attack again. <laughs> yeah. And, but this time, you know, they have it. And I'm, I'm sitting here just thinking again, like, why didn't they learn from the first time where they were able to get in and break into your base? Why didn't you set up guards or do something? But then just a few seconds later, they explain it, that there was an issue with Teletran 1. It was because someone dropped a, uh, a, a, an, uh, an effing wrench into his entire system and blew him up. Yeah, so, yeah, Sparkplug was the reason why. He sabotaged the Teletran mm -hmm. 1. So uh, then I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, all right. You explained that incident, but that still doesn't explain the very first scene. How, how did it happen the first time? Why didn't the alarms go off the first time? But I guess this, they just decided to cut a pretty integral in my mind, a pretty integral plot point. Yeah, that was, uh, that's weird. That's a really weird one to me. <laughs> Proceed to the main entrance and wait there, slave. The Autobots will see him and try for a rescue. That is my intention, you pig-iron-headed mastodon. Stand aside. No, he's our prisoner. But soon he'll become our spy. Oh. What's up? No, it's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oops. 
because earlier in the episode he's like it's optimus and then uh megatron's just like no it's it's my double that's cool don't shoot at it all right that was sorry brief thing of of likes and don't likes of the the optimus clone why does megatron have that (laughs) why does he just casually have this optimus doll you really don't know, Sammy? I mean, kind of, didn't we just kind of address that at the end when they were laying on top of each other? <laughs> I mean, okay. Fair. He yes. has, he, Megatron. He's got some needs. He has evolved. He's, they're so much more advanced than us. He doesn't have to settle for an Optimus body pillow, okay? He can get the real thing. <laughs> He's just building. <laughs> he has a lot of, it's a lot of mixed emotions, okay? The hatred turns into something else after a long period of time. So there's one last. <laughs> and we are ready to receive. How can you trust a human with such a vital task, even if he is a slave? Because he has no will of his own. He is the only one I can trust. I mean, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. So that was deleted scenes. Uh, so next we're going into animation errors. So there what did you guys so catch? Many. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely spotted oh my god, I just planked on his name. Prowl. Um Prowl's wing, the stripe on top disappears at one point. I don't think this was more of like an animation error. When the first time Spike's dad leaves and he like looks back and What's wrong with Spike's face? <laughs> Is that the picture you posted, <laughs> Thomas? No, but that whole sequence hmm. that whole sequence, there just seemed to be there seemed to be an issue with Sparkplug and Spike. Cause I did notice a lot of animation errors with that. Starting off with Ironhide on the table. I show I posted a picture for you guys to look mm-hmm. at. It just his head turned to the side is just really elongated and shoved to the left side of his body or the right side of his body. What did you? Oh, Iron Oh my God. Yes. Oh God. Uh, but then that's just the way he looks. So, but when you actually watch that scene, the bigger issue is with spark plug and in spike in the picture, that's spike. Yes. But when you watch it, Ironhide refers to him as Sparkplug, and Spike responds as Sparkplug. You hear Sparkplug's voice come out of Spike's mouth, but that's clearly Spike because in you know in just the next scene you see them they're yelling at I think it was uh, Ravage or or Hound uh, or Rumble, and they're both standing next to each other. So Spike has the button-up shirt. Sparkplug always wears his shirt open, and they're standing right next to each other. And you can compare the face to the other face, and it's. That was definitely Spike with Sparkplug's voice, and they were referring to. Yeah. Well, guess what? In um, the Japanese version, they actually fixed it, and Spike's voice came out of Spike. Yeah. And they oh, actually, okay. yeah, and they called him Spike, and it was right. Does that happen a lot with the uh, Japanese episodes? Have you noticed that they fix some errors like uh, that? Not usually. I just noticed that because it was just so glaringly obvious. Do they ever fix any animation oh, no, errors? They like would never do that. That's like too that? much money. Oh, they just, they just. Yeah, okay. They don't even touch up a scene or two. The one animation thing I thought was kind of cool was Optimus Prime's chest lights up, and I was like, is this his communicator just beeping? And I'm like, where's that action figure where his whole chest just lights up bright orange? You know, use him as a flashlight. 
I'd buy it. Oh, I you know now that I think about it, I kind of surprised that isn't a line of Transformers where just here's some illuminated Transformers just a, with just a different. Theme. Well, that's I have those mini uh kids logic ones where their eyes light up when you turn the button in the back of their head. Oh, just their eyes. That's boring. <laughs> there needs to be something like worth four hundred dollars or something. <laughs> Apparently. I, I think I heard that recently where the new Masterpiece Transformers have jumped in price massively. <laughs> they used to be like a hundred and so dollars, but now they're like four hundred a piece. Did anybody see Megatron slowly drifting down in front of his TV while he's talking to Shockwave? I did see that. I and I was gonna say that was an animation error, but then I was able to explain that away with he can't fly. He never flies in a base, but maybe he wanted to yeah, fly. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's it's the uh it's the Autobot equipment or it's the Transformer equivalent of pacing back and forth. Instead, it's just flying up and down. Just bobbing <laughs> up and down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty odd. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have Potato Head Spike looking all sad. I guess it's not necessarily an animation error, just poor. Yeah, yeah that's just, yeah, it's just bad artists. <laughs> has nothing to do with animation errors. But I did I notice one last one. Spike does a completely unrealistic flop over a wrench. But he does. He like he trips and then does a somersault. It's like you were. It's like (laughs) yes, this is what I intended in the first place. Okay. Okay. So I was when you guys were saying that I was like I don't remember that scene. But then I then you described it. I was like oh yeah I do remember him just tripping and falling for no reason. (laughs) Oh no. I guess I missed the wrench. A wrench. It it wasn't no reason. It was a plot reason. Because he needed to discover that Sparkplug had destroyed Teletran 1. But here's the thing that doesn't make sense. He's like, Dad's favorite wrench. But if you look at the scene, Sparkplug would have done that before repairing all the Transformers in that minute scene leading up to the attack. And he had his wrench the entire time in all like 10 scenes where he was fixing the Autobots. So the animation error was if he had dropped the wrench, he wouldn't have it the entire time. Oh, so a continuity yes. error, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, that kind of reminds me way back at the beginning of the episode when the Flyers were doing their uh, distraction, the Autobot distraction plan, and the Autobots show up, and I think it was Starscream or maybe it was Thundercracker, they were holding the Maharaja, and the Autobots show up, and Optimus, out of nowhere, just has a whip, <laughs> and he... He he pulls the Maharaja out of his hand, and the Maharaja floats into his hand. And the whip, I almost didn't notice it at first. At first, it just looked like, why did this whip pull this guy? And he just start floating towards Optimus' hand. But I slowed it down, watched it again, and he just has a whip in his hand. He's just holding a whip. It's not his arm turned to a whip, or it just came out of a slot. He's just holding a whip, and it it lingers for just like half a second, and it's never mentioned. <laughs> Ever again. Like, when did he just get the power to use whips and stuff like that? And they never talk about it or anything. I just thought that was really weird to just bring that up. So next we have retcons. All the retcons I saw were in the episode itself. Because the episode, the Decepticons go through a hole that's just there at Autobot headquarters. I'm like, where did this hole come from? Was it destroyed in the first attack? Oh, you mean... I guess they jumped in through the top of the volcano, but was still able to... I guess there's also a hole in the yeah, ship. Yeah, where they just appear for the second battle. And I was like, I don't remember them blowing a hole out in the first battle, right? Was it just there the whole time? And this, I don't know. 
I guess it must just be there the whole time. I mean, I guess the, the Autobot ship is a lot more was a lot more banged up than the uh, Decepticon. Oh, so there was one retcon that you have to do. So Cybertron sucks up Earth's atmosphere, and you can clearly see that Cybertron does not have an atmosphere of its own. So it now does. So that means humans can now survive on it. So you have to retcon the episode where Chip went to Cybertron and just say, oh, he was wearing a spacesuit the whole time. Boom, problem solved. <laughs> well, I guess this is still just part one. We never know. Maybe in part two or part three, they steal the atmosphere back because they do need it back. But I was just getting on like, how did uh, Chip breathe when he went there the first time? Magic. Oh, and Ironhide... Ironhide got his fifth or sixth power. He can just shoot out a scanning device onto the ground. He apparently has every weapon imaginable in his right arm. Yeah, I did notice that. I did, yeah. He's just a very talented robot. <laughs> he can just dematerialize and rematerialize any object he wants. So on to Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments. I do what I want when I want! So, how was Megatron's plan to divert the Autobots' success when, upon the attack, there were so many Autobots inside the base? Well, I guess as we already stated that the Autobots suck when it comes to defending their base, maybe they send all of their guards <laughs> to go deal with Starscream. <laughs> and, and Megatron just knew that the losers would be left behind. <laughs> the other thing I didn't understand is why did he kidnap Sparkplug at the heavily fortified Autobot base when he has a normal home he goes to that is not guarded by <laughs> Autobots. Yeah, that is uh, that is kind of weird. <laughs> oh, so this one, uh, this is probably the first Optimus Prime stupid moment I got. Optimus asks if Teletran 1 has been debugged. It fried and exploded earlier. I don't think debugging a computer can heal wires and motherboards. <laughs> I mean, it's Cybertronian technology. You don't know that. Yeah, that technology won't exist until Master Force. <laughs> oh. Optimus was just trying to throw out some tech terms that he didn't understand to try to impress Lil Jack or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, did you connect the VR matrix to the McGibbon bug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did any of you guys have any uh, stupid moments that just really stood out this episode? I think we've got over all of them. Yep, yep. So. Let's move on to Megatron's energy, or his plan. Ah, those were the good old days back on Cybertron! This is his original plan, bring Cybertron to Earth. But first, he wants to stop the Autobots, so he's like, ah, I'll get mind-controlled humans and use them as shields so that when they arrive, they won't be able to stop me. Then he's like, but wait, they still might be able to stop me. So instead... I'm going to kidnap Sparkplug, but not just a normal way. I'm going to go uh, have another attack on a solar station so that we can divide their forces, and then I'll put him in there, kidnap him. Then I'll let them come to my base and rescue him, and, you know, then I'll have them damage the Autobots, and then we'll attack a second time and damage them even more. <laughs> and then we'll finally do the plan and hope that they can't come up to it and stop our plan now. <laughs> And just in case yeah, they do get here, was... we still have those human shields. That should have been my original plan. 
yeah that was he was really trying so hard this episode he didn't want anything to this go was wrong. the most convoluted plan ever but it, it and so that we've seen it so worked, far though. it worked it absolutely did work yeah yeah i thought this is funny because if they hadn't if they hadn't repaired that sky spy and been able to you know have it detect within a millisecond where the decepticons were they never would have stopped him and even then they didn't stop him because optimus pushed a button <laughs> it just rewarded him for like man you tried so hard megatron I gotta give you at least one win. Fun fact. Dark, excessive, time, liberty. The solar plant they attack off the coast of Malabar actually exists. Exists in, where? Uh, in India. You know, where it's run by a, uh, a ruler who totally is not white. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, because of the animation, I'm just like, uh, that guy doesn't look yeah, Indian. That was... Exactly. They, um, they didn't try. They were like, you're in the scene for five seconds. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I also have another fun fact, actually. Turns out this episode's plot is very similar to a GoBots episode. Oh, God. Except instead of like brainwashing with a chip, Psykill ends up brainwashing the entire world with a satellite. Mm. <laughs> but like is also trying to i guess get gobertron near earth or something um oh, i that... i kind of got angry at the first bit while uh my friend was telling me about it and then kind of <laughs> <laughs> because it was too similar to this yeah i'm like i i hate you gobots sorry so next episode <laughs> of our podcast Fun we're fact. just gonna start with gobots episode one and every next episode will be gobots until we Can't get to that episode better you guys are out of control. You bring up GoBots every episode. Why are you always talking about GoBots all the time? Can we just talk about Transformers on this Transformers podcast? Enough with the GoBots. GoBots, GoBots, GoBots. Dive, dive. So, so get this. There's a, there is a Marvel comic where the bad guys actually conquer the world by using a satellite to mind control everybody. Oh, my God. But they don't have anything to do with the planet, so. Okay. Great. Still. Maybe this is just a common villain thing. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, in the Defenders of the Earth, Ming has used a special satellite at least eight <laughs> times, and in one of them, he turned everyone on Earth into trees. Oh, uh, into yeah. trees. He <laughs> used a satellite yeah. to do that? A satellite? That sounds amazing. <laughs> So innovative. That show, that show is ridiculous. So, anyone has no final facts, we will continue with the two character spotlights this episode. Can, can I please, can I read Thundercrackers? Okay, that means, uh, Thomas, you can do Skywarps. He's boring. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Sammy. Okay. So, Thundercracker is a blue jet whose body is identical to Starscream's. His quote is, The deadliest weapon is terror. Okay. His description, Contemptuous of anything that cannot fly. Not totally convinced of the Decepticons' cause, but they persuaded him to continue battling Autobots. 
flies at speeds up to 1,500 miles per hour, produces controlled, deafening sonic booms that can be heard for 200 miles, equipped with powerful drone rockets and incendiary gun. Doubts about cause sometimes impede effectiveness. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> What's funny is that would never happen anywhere in the original cartoon. Wait, I still function! His fate after the movie... Thundercracker was badly damaged during the movie and then nearly defeated by Optimus's Ion Blaster. He was tossed out of Astrotrain so the retreating Decepticons could actually make it back to Cybertron, where he was later found by Unicron and remade into Scourge. Two Insecticons were also turned into Scourges. You just assume that Thundercracker becomes the main Scourge because he's front and center when the change happens. Also because Thundercracker's the best. Uh, <laughs> oddly, Thundercracker has a grave marker in the Cybertron crypt. He was also Scourge of Season 3. Then, in Japanese continuity headmasters, he suddenly lost intelligence and became a bumbling bebop to Cyclonus' rock study, and then was never seen again, except in an exclusive comic. So, yeah. yeah. So I was definitely not the first to, to come to this Ninja Turtle reference, because on the TF wiki, the picture says, when did we become Bebop and Rocksteady? <laughs> so it's fairly obvious how dumbed down they get once Headmasters starts. That's really sad. Oof. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Cyclonus, but it seems like an odd pairing. Cyclonus and, and Scourge. Yeah. Scourge is the guy with the... He, be, he becomes... I, I assume... So nobody knows if Thundercracker actually became Scourge or if a ton of bodies and minds just merged together and became Scourge. I'm just, my headcanon is that Thundercracker becomes Scourge. Okay. So you want to read uh, what happens to Scourge then? Thundercracker Scourge in the future? Yeah. Okay. So uh, he was studied by a cosmic being, coincidentally named Seeker, who wanted to understand his Unicron transformation. He retained his old form and powers for a time. After Headmasters, he himself became a Headmaster with a new body because his old body was infected with... <sighs> I hate why this. would that be... Why would that be... Because uh, his old body was infected with black balls. They couldn't have named it anything else. I'm not making this up. A powerful source of energy... Uh, sorry. A powerful source of energy that amplifies evil people. What? <laughs> I'm just, sorry. Also, my speaker died again. Hold up. Also, my technique isn't working anymore. Now it's back. Okay. I don't know what you said for the past, like, minute. Oh, nothing. I just laughed, probably. Okay. A powerful source of energy that amplifies evil people, but also turns you into super deformed characters if it explodes in your face. He then stopped participating in the war and becomes a janitor. Honestly, I would have taken... <laughs> that option as well at this point <laughs> he obtained the matrix of leadership in gen 1 season 3 and it destroyed his body but then he got hold of it again but it exploded him he somehow survived and obtained zodiac energy from the master force cartoon and becomes the giant monster was blown up again and somehow survived again and was now regular scourge because what is going on i am confused as anything i mean does this guy die never he can't he <laughs> I feel like a lot of this is I just mean, him wanting to die and nothing's killing him. He goes through he goes through death sequences but doesn't die. Is that what they're telling me? Oh my god. So Thundercracker fun facts. 
Ooh. Thundercracker was in the first Transformers commercial advertising the Marvel comic, and he had a black face. And there's a commercial of a cute... I don't... That's the... I feel like that could have been phrased differently. Okay. That's not I what read I it and I read it, and I was like, ugh, ugh, sorry. <laughs> And there is a commercial of a human wearing a Thundercracker costume next to Jazz to win a Transformers party. That's so cute. Um, because he looks like Starscream, he was a recolored Starscream, Starscream toy many, many times. I don't think they've ever made like a unique Thundercracker toy. I'm yeah. pretty sure all of them are just remakes <laughs> or recolored. There is a really awful pink, bright purple, and neon green version of him from the 90s, just in case you wanted a little uh, <laughs> pizzazz to your Thundercracker. Yeah. Uh, Thundercracker seems to have the most variety of foreign names. His French name in Canada means thunderclap. While the Hebrew translation translates as thundercracker, Taiwan is Lord of Thunder or Cracking Thunder. <laughs> in Russia, he... Cracking Thunder. Cracking Thunder sounds great. Mm -hmm. in, Ru in Russia, he's just Thunderer. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite. But then in Italian, he was known as Vampire. <laughs> what? I know. Oh, Makes no How did sense. we get there? Like, I was expecting the German name to do something like that, because German names are always completely different than everybody else. But here we have Italy. Screwing things up. Oh, I love Italy. Thundercracker has a sonic boom power, but never uses it in the cartoon. But Megatron does use it on one episode when he has Thundercracker's power chip inside him, which I guess he knows how to use it. And Thundercracker's like, meh, eh, I guess <laughs> yeah. I have that chip in me, but eh. <laughs> in the original Fire on the Mountain script, Thundercracker was actually going to be tempted to change sides and then help Skyfire destroy the Crystal of Power. His IDW comic personality of switching sides started here in his character bio and, and this changed script. He would betray Meta Metatron? Megatron? Oh, hey. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he would betray Megatron during the events of Alternity and would then go on to join him again for some reason. Thundercracker <laughs> in the IDW comics is really fun. And also, fun fact that is not included on here is that he adopts a dog. Yeah. And it's the cutest thing and his name is Buster. But doesn't he also write a Hollywood script version of one of the battles uh, that he yes. fought? Yes. Yes, and it is amazing, and he is a quality writer. What? Yeah, there's a whole episode. What? There's a whole issue where it's just him trying to be a screenwriter and write about the Decepticon Autobot battles for Hollywood. Yeah, that doesn't go away. Like, he wants to become a writer, and he's friends with a human, and he's just like, hello, could you please read my script? Also, here's my dog. <laughs> but it's he still adorable. wants to kill... So he still wants to kill humans and destroy the earth, even though no. he's trying to build a no. life there? No, no, no. He's this is post-war. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But he's still living on yes. Earth. He didn't want to go back to Cybertron because he wanted to become a writer, and he liked human soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> Crazier than the Scourge Futures backstories? So I guess he is just the character of the series where like nothing's consistent. We just want to do weird experimental stuff, and he's gonna be the guy. Yeah, I don't yep. even think he comes back in any of the other cartoons. He's not in Armada or Energon or anything like that or Prime. I don't think he comes back in in most of the cartoons. Like usually it's just Starscream and never Skywarp or Thundercracker, which always makes me sad because they're great. 
Like the first time he betrayed in the IDW comics, I remember, is because Megatron was going to blow up New York City and leave. And he was like, well, we're just killing to kill people. He's like, I'm not down with that. And so he stops the bomb. Aww. That was during the All Hail Megatron event. And that right. was the first time I actually saw him change sides. I didn't know it was like uh, supposed to originally have been a recurring thing way back when. So, Thomas, do you want to take us through our second character? I suppose. <laughs> he's no blue jet. I mean, he's just purple. Skywarp. His quote is, strike when the enemy isn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That seems like something. Something Starscream would approve of. His description, Skywarp is the sneakiest of all Decepticons. Enjoys playing cruel pranks on fellas Decepticons and appearing out of nowhere to attack Autobots. Not too smart. Would be useless without Megatron's supervision. He has a top speed of 1,500 miles per hour and can instantly teleport up to two and a half miles. What? What? Yep. That would be pretty useful. Instead of jumping into top of volcanoes and sneaking around and random rooms that yeah they could have used him I mean maybe he could have sabotaged Teletran 1 instead of going on all these loops jumping through all these hoops to alright carrying on he carries heat seeking missiles and variable caliber machine gun wait I still function his fate after the movie he was badly damaged during the battle for Autobot City and was tossed out of Astrotrain because they needed to have less weight to make the trip home Depending on anyone's interpretation, because there is no official canon, he was either upgraded to Cyclonus, parts of him and other Decepticons were made into Cyclonus, or he was made into one of Scourge's sweeps. That's a, that's a weird term for me to say, not knowing anything about. Yeah, well, you've seen the movie, right? I've seen the movie, but I don't... I, who, there, there's oh, no so Scourge in the movie, is there? Cyclonus was the guy I got or... the art from and got the voice actor to sign when we were at that. Oh, I know oh, okay. Cyclonus. I don't know who Scourge okay. is, and I don't know his sweeps. Is he, does he join a doo <laughs> band or something and just has, you know, back He just fingers? has mindless yes. drones that he can summon that fly around and follow him. All right. Before his fate in the movie, he was given an alternate sports car mode that could travel between dimensions. God, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, was this used in the cartoon? I know it was uh, one of the the, the, uh, the short stories included with the toys. Oh, okay. Fun facts about Skywarp: Skywarp is the first Transformer to get an Earth vehicle mode. Skywarp is not an original Diaclone toy. He was made the colors he was in the show, and the Starscream toys were recorded based on the cartoon. In Portugal, his name means Celestial Spy, whereas of the Mandarin translations can be interpreted as extreme ruckus. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. In one minifigure toy line, The Loyal Subjects in 2014, Thundercracker, Sunstorm, and three Cybertronian Seekers were all copies of Starscream's mold, but Skywarp was the only one with his own original design. You only had one chance to get him out of every 96 blind boxes. That's, That's crazy. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. loyal subjects are like not that great of figures. That's it for Skywarp. Next is my theory about why I believe that Skywarp is not Cyclonus. Okay. Because I remember I've always thought that it was uh, Bombshell, the Insecticon. And because in both Cyclonus and Scourge's cases, there's a big character front and center. In Scourge's case, there's three Decepticons becoming Scourge, and Thundercracker is two to two and a half times the size of the other people behind him that turn into a scourge. 
making him the focal point or the main one. And when Cyclonus is created, Bombshell is shown gigantic front and center, and Skywarp is in the background. And so I don't understand why people think that Skywarp is the guy that became Cyclonus. I think it's just because they want the duo of Thundercracker Skywarp to have been that. I mean, yes. <laughs> but the reason there was a second Cyclonus is because he was originally supposed to have his own armada, like Scourge, but it appears his armada was written out of the script, but it's still in the original comic book adaptation, which would have been based on the original draft. But of course, some hiccups still remained when they actually made the movie, which is why there was a second Cyclonus in the background and why they said Cyclonus in his armada uh, verbally. But the other thing that makes it clear is the thing that was Skywarp, they cut to Galvatron and back to the exact same scene where the two Cyclonuses have been transformed, and that second Skywarp Cyclonus in the background is now a sweep, a Scourge sweep. So that is why I've always thought that Bombshell was Cyclonus. Did you rush the case? <laughs> yes. Well, no. I also have further proof, even though... I usually like to only use what is created to make theories. In the original storyboards for the movie, only Bombshell was on the storyboard. And it was labeled Bombshell Insecticon. There was no Skywarp written. There was no Skywarp on the art. Somehow he just made it there by one of the artists. Do you have something against the Seekers? No, I'm just... Uh, Pretty sure that you do. I, I always thought it was weird that his two <laughs> minions were like, well, we're going to take one of the Starscream lookalikes and one of the, the Insecticons, and boom, they're your two members now for season three. Like, two completely different people. But I guess it varies. I don't know. When you watched the movie, Sammy, what did you originally think when you saw it? Did you just think it was Skywarp or did Bombshell? Did you mean like or, two months um... <laughs> ago when it was in theaters? Oh, I mean the, I mean the cartoon. Oh. From whenever you watched it the first time. Oh. The first time I wasn't paying attention. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> like, things were happening, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the best movie ever, and, like, I <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I guess, in the end, my theory doesn't matter, because there is now one official story. Your theory story. matters to you, and that's, that, that's okay. Yeah. So there was a series of short stories that were included with figures where Scourge turns back into Thundercracker, and Cyclonus turns back into Skywarp, even getting his teleport ability temporarily. And so that is the only canon now that has ever come out. And this was 2010, by the way, when these figure stories came out. I guess supposedly has now proven, quote unquote, that he is Skywarp and not Bombshell or a mesh heap of Frankenstein parts and brains. <laughs> <laughs> So everything I have ever believed is wrong. Everything <laughs> so, you know is wrong. So I haven't seen a toy version of Librarian Optimus. Are you saying that that's not true? I, I have to stop believing in that. <laughs> no, that that's in a few of the, the ones now. But yeah. But no, I guess it depends. You could, of course, be all hippie about it and be like, well... <laughs> That was just the Japanese continuity. That's not the American continuity. So I don't consider well, that. Well, I was with you, Sean, until that last bit where they just kind of were like, all right, we're just going to settle it. But yeah, I mean, from what you were saying, I mean, it sounded like that was the case. I mean, it, it was bombshell. 
I think they just like a lot of things just mixed it up and got things wrong throughout production and they just kind of just mm-hmm. kept going with it even though that's not how it was supposed to be seems like I don't know they just we're going to just like all right we're going to correct this this is going to be what it is <laughs> yeah and apparently nobody wanted to answer when people asked him questions about it either like the original creators or season three writers they just avoided the question they never wanted to answer it about scourge or cyclonus to them and they were just brand new characters but the last fun fact despite everyone dying in that movie thundercracker skywarp and all three insecticons all show up later in the movie fighting (laughs) against unicron it's Uh, fine they had clones because of animation errors which you think they would have learned by now after you know, so many episodes of the cartoon series. Look, for everything in that movie, is gorgeous movie, they're allowed to have some mistakes. Any other uh, last thoughts, uh, everyone, on Thundercracker and Skywarp? Anything that stands out? Do you like either of them? Like their cool design figures? Well, personalities one of them in the is just I like Starscream, thund- so yeah, I kind of like the way they look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> agreed. But yeah, I do think I like the flyers. I like all three of them. Wait, didn't did, did Skywarp or the 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 Seekers are also in Transformers animated? Don't think we said that. I just oh, that's right. To point but they're yes, but they're technically not them. They're Starscream's clones. I they're still very clearly Thundercracker and Skywarp, <laughs> and I'm going with that. And they're Slipstream and okay. Sunstorm. And thrusted whatever the guy's other guy's name is. I forgot what the white one was. The Coneheads, cone anyways. Coneheads. No, that's when you get to season two with Dirge and Thrust. Yeah, there we go. The Dirge. Coneheads. Dirge is the other one. They were tired of making too many Starscream clones, so they were like, "Here, now here's another clone series of jets." I was gonna say that also there was the Rainmakers as well. Yes, that's. <laughs> I did not know what that meant, and and uh. Because I just I didn't realize the Rainmakers are the three Cybertronian Seekers. I, I is yeah. it, are they named Rainmakers just because of that one episode where they create the rain on Cybertron? Well, also all their names are related to rain. But I, right now I can only remember Acid Storm. But the other two they are have also... real names. Yeah, I thought they were just generic Wait. background characters. No, they actually have real names because they also made. Who are these characters? Like <laughs> because the of 80s, course they, they were. I want to say in the eighties because I own Acid Storm. Or maybe like nineties. Hmm. I'm trying to look up their names, and I'm like, <laughs> phone is so slow. Just type in Starscream clones. So they were in G1 stuff, or in the uh, movie? they weren't in the movie. They were just in some episodes. Sorry, Acid Storm, Ion Storm, and Nova Storm. If they're called the Rainmakers, why aren't they called the Stormies? Because that sounds stupid. <laughs> this is why I don't work in marketing. Stormies. Rainmakers at least sounds like somewhat threatening when you're like, oh yeah, the Stormies are coming. Like, <laughs> uh, on that note. On that note, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna go take some marketing classes, and I'll come back with some better ways to market these unknown characters. Please do. I- I'm interested in hearing what other names you can think of. <laughs> I'll have like a whole class on how to market them. Perfect. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ultimate Doom Part 1. And I'm Sean. Sammy Storm. Uh. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs>
<laughs> Thomas was like, I'm just regular Thomas. Sigh. Why won't someone give me a cool name? Double sigh. I want to be somebody's clone. Forget being Next original. Next episode, you should just say you're a clone of Thomas. <laughs> yep. And nobody can really tell the difference, even though your skin is now all green. All right. That that sounds good. I'm going to quit this podcast <laughs> okay. and work on that script. All right. So we're signing off now, and thanks for enjoying this another episode of SparkCast. See ya. See ya.